Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real World Podcast, the second to last episode of the season, or maybe last, depending yes. on how we order these. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I am... <laughs> no, this will be first. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am your amazing host, Brian. <laughs> yes, you are amazing. And uh, if I sound any bit different at all, it is because I'm a bit under the weather, mm-hmm. and uh, totally uh, just that. I'm not doing any sort of magical tricks with my voice, <laughs> although I am very talented. Wow, and conceited, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I go very conceited when I'm ill. Mm, it's because I'm so sick. Well, and I'm right? Bobby. I'm mom. Oh, I was about to ask who is my lovely co-host for the I day. I am the boomer, and you are the millennial, and we are here to bridge the gap. Wait, and we're doing that? Yes, we are. Oh. And we're bridging the gap. I thought this was a podcast about where we just <laughs> talk and just have fun. <laughs> Well, that's true, too. <laughs> but we like to bridge the gap between boomers and millennials. And, um, you know, we just like to have conversation about real world issues. Although we don't pretend to be experts, we like to have those discussions and we like to bring awareness to things. Yes, that is right. We are not experts in any way. Uh, I am a pseudo expert sometimes with Bible stuff because I do have a master's. But even then, I know I'm not that smart when it comes to a lot of other things. <laughs> I'm not, okay, that sounded a little bit self-deprecating. I yes. meant like, I know I'm not a genius. Mm. Okay. I My opinion is not final. Mm. Good to know. My my thoughts on scripture are, are imperfect. If they were perfect, that would mean a claim that I am God. Awesome. Well, anyways, uh, goofiness aside, we are talking mm-hmm. about gratefulness or gratitude for the day. Or thankfulness, whatever word you would like to describe. I'm going to use grateful. Uh, So first up, gratefulness is the quality of being thankful, ready to show appreciation and return kindness to people. So, are you feeling grateful today, Mom? I'm feeling grateful most days, for sure. Um, I mean, I think that's one thing you do maybe when as you get older. I think you tend to be a little bit more... um, I don't know. I think you do tend to be more grateful in many respects because you've had this life that you look back on and um, fondly um, regardless of your circumstances. And that's kind of what the Lord tells us, regardless of your circumstances, you know, we need to be grateful to him and for all that he's done for us. And as we approach this upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, I think that's when most people kind of uh, start to think about that although we should be grateful each and every day but this is the season of it and so what I appreciate is that at least um, it appears during this time that people are more grateful now it's kind of tough just coming off an election where things are still undecided and people are still frantic but you know we need to look to the Lord and not to men for these things and so I think sometimes people put too much weight in a politician or oh, yeah. politics in general, instead of um, looking to the creator, who is basically the alpha and the omega, and, and you know whatever he says goes, and you know it's already, it's kind of like already done. You know we're just living through it. We're eternal beings, and but we're living this life on this world, and uh, kind of going through it. But he's already won the victory. So that's why I think it's important for us to be grateful. Yeah, I think I agree with that wholeheartedly. Where 
where do you think people are ungrateful? Or maybe what, what, where does ungratefulness come from, do you think? Yeah, well, I definitely have an opinion on that, and we might differ on that um, <clears throat> because of my experience. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, when I was growing up, you know, we had, um, there, there was more of a sense of community. Now, I do think that there were segregated communities for sure, and, and I don't think that was good per se, uh, but I think within everyone's own communities, there was this, um, besides the sense of community, you know, where people all come together and, you know, they have like a common goal and that was their community. And certainly God was far more prevalent uh, when I was growing up than it is now. I mean, once they removed it from the schools, I think, you know, like there's some some people that just don't hear the gospel here in the United States, and that's just kind of like hard to comprehend. Um, we know that many other parts of the world, they haven't been reached yet, but here in the United States, um, it's amazing to me how ungrateful people seem to me now. And it's like, I, I think there's honestly too many entitlements out there. I think there's this expectation that the government is going to take care of people instead of them taking care of themselves. And I mean, I do know, you know, in the Bible, the Lord says, if you don't work, you don't eat. And I think the whole intention there is you need to do your best to, to be responsible and put food on the table for your family, provide shelters for your family. There's always going to be times when you're going to need help. That That's a given. But it shouldn't be an ongoing need. And so I, I feel like when I was growing up, I mean, <clears throat> if you were like laid off from your job or if you had to go on government assistance, I mean, it, I don't want to say people look down on you. I mean, there were people certainly that looked down on people that needed help. But um, I think that they were embarrassed. Like that's not what they wanted. They worked very hard at trying to find like another job or to get off of government assistance. Whereas now it almost seems like, Hey, can I get some government assistance here? I don't have enough money. Um, on the other hand, the cost of living back then was more in line with, you know, you had those communities that I was talking about. So you could always find a community that you could survive in, you know, yeah. where maybe, you know, it wasn't as nice as your neighbors next door, However, you could afford to buy a house, to rent a house. Um, and now, especially here in California, that just seems really daunting for some people, especially young people just starting out uh, without any help. Um, or you're doing like you're doing, you know, sharing a house with four other people. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a real challenge because the cost of living has gone up so much. Inflation has been such a factor the last couple of years, especially since COVID. And that certainly hasn't helped matters. And so people are looking for those entitlements to help them out during this time. And that's understandable. Um, but I do think that there's that expectation. And that's when we get back to the whole gratefulness aspect that I, I think that, um, People aren't as grateful because I think when you work hard for something on your own, 
you are far more grateful than if you have it handed to you. Mm. I, I mostly agree with that. I think I agree with you in the sense that there's a sense of entitlement. Uh, but I also think part of gratefulness is that last part, what I spoke about, returning kindness. I think there's a lot of people out there with wealth who they're entitled to their own money that they've worked for, but it would be noble of them and they would be show gratefulness within them if they actually gave back. I, I agree a thousand uh, percent, Brian. Because on that. It's, yeah. just, it's just a matter of do we force them to or we not force right. them to. And right. I, I don't believe in compelling anyone to do something against their will. No, what we need uh, to do is create a community, an environment where they, they will want to contribute to their neighbor yeah. and help them out. I mean, that's what we really need to do is create that society. And I feel like back in the day we had that society, like people would come alongside others. And I mean, we do that through church and so forth. I'm not saying that that in and of itself isn't done, but outside of church, um, you know, like our neighbor yesterday, we got a, we had a bag on, um, uh, just like a paper bag that was put on our porch, and it was for this community, this local community, collecting canned goods mm. for others. And I thought that was really cool. I don't recall that ever. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> years ago in Moreno Valley, but um, in our old house. But not any time while I was. Well, not, I yeah, it's been a long, that. long time. It'd probably be at yeah. least 10, 15 yeah. years. And, and it's just such a great idea. I know the church is obviously doing holiday baskets for families and you know, I know we partner up with various organizations to provide gifts for kids and things like that. Um, but again, like, I'll, let's, let me talk about that, you know, like the gifts for kids. So I was honestly really <laughs> appalled might be the right word, but maybe just I couldn't even I just couldn't believe it last year. The requests from the kids that they wanted for Christmas gifts, you know from let's call it the angel tree or whatever that we work with from the church. I mean, they were asking for really expensive things like laptop computers. Um, what are they, is it an electric bike? Is that the, I think it's called an electric bike, right? Or I don't know what you're talking it's, about. It's the bikes where it's not just, you just pedal on your own. It's, it's you mean like for like little kids? No, 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 no. These are like teenagers that oh. are asking for these big bikes. Oh, like BMX yeah. bikes? And, or, no, no, no. no. Or, these uh, are electric bikes. These cost like $1,500, $2,000 for a bike. And like this is laptops, um, iPads. I mean, these. this was not uncommon. Televisions, like big televisions. You know, back like even 10, 20 years ago when you guys were younger, kids would ask for a skateboard matchbox cars, um, you know, clothes. I mean, things like that. And But to expect someone to provide you with a laptop computer, an iPad, an iWatch, I mean, those kinds of things, I honestly, I think it's unreasonable, personally. Yeah, I could I could understand why there's there's no harm in asking if there's you know there's no way you're never you're ever gonna be able to afford it yourself. But there's also an aspect to uh, if you can't afford it to buy it for your children, then what makes you think other people can necessarily afford to buy it for their own children, let alone your own? Well, again, I just think it's like, honestly, I feel like it's taking advantage. You know, it. Mm. I, I just do. I, I, I really struggle with that. I See, this is the difference. So back in the day, <clears throat> I'm 61, so I grew up primarily 60s and 70s in terms of my formative years and um and like 
people like knew where they stood in society. You know, like you knew what you could expect and what you couldn't. And you weren't reaching out for material things when it wasn't within the grasp of your family. Like you would never, ever expect the government to provide you with anything other than food. Like, like literally. And maybe, you know, like welfare, if you absolutely couldn't find a job, um, something like that. But to just expect society to provide you with all of these material things is not something that I could have even imagined as a child. Well, this isn't, well, the thing that the church partnered with wasn't through government though, right? Um, no, I don't think through, I think through a nonprofit organization. Yeah. For uh, sure. Because in my head, it's, no one's compelling anyone to buy these things no, necessarily. Again, that's not the point. The point is the expectation from these kids is that they just deserve these things. You know, mm-hmm. like this is what I see differently today than I do when I was growing up. So my point was, is when I was growing up, you would never have thought to ask for anything like that. Like it would have been necessities. It would have been shoes. It would have been a jacket. It would have been clothes. It wouldn't have been any kind of like maybe a doll or maybe something simple like that in terms of a toy, like if you were little. But uh, in terms of uh, today, the expectation is that if you're, you know, a needy person or you're, you're in, a, in a family where there just isn't sufficient money, you have the expectation that you should live the same way as somebody who does. And with cell phones and, and, you know, the electronic devices and things like that. And I'm just saying, I don't think that's a reasonable place to be. Yeah, you're saying they're not grateful for the things they have. They want to try and have a lifestyle lifestyle bigger than what they can actually afford. That's, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. so they're expecting others to provide that for them. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's like my issue is with the expectation. Okay. You know, I... And I, so that's where I'm kind of tying it into gratefulness because I feel like if if you're grateful, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah. I I don't know about – I wouldn't know about any of these people legitimately expecting expecting these things. I think it's I, – I wouldn't know about that. I feel like that might be a bit of a stretch because if you already can't afford these things and you're asking for something big, I'm assuming you're not expecting to get them because it's more of like a – like a shot in the dark. Well, I can tell you that our church met those needs last year. And I, I mean, it was thousands and thousands of dollars. And this is just all from individual attendees. And this is just from our small campus. And then I'm wondering whether or not is that a mistake? I don't want to set these people up to fail in the future because you shouldn't grow up expecting that you can ask for things like this and that they're going to be given to you. Because the whole idea from my perspective is that you want to work hard for something because when you work hard for it you're going to appreciate it more i just believe that i firmly believe that i just know that when i've worked hard and i've saved money for a particular thing i appreciate it so much more than when somebody gave something to me i just don't take care of it the same because it was given to me but when you work hard for something i i think you take care of it better and you appreciate it more that's just my perspective yeah, you don't value it the same. But I think that gets back to our core topic of gratefulness. It's, it's essentially that people lack gratefulness when they receive gifts. Yeah, They, they lack the ability so. to truly understand the weight of what they've been given. 
Right. And, and, the, and the aspect of that is, is that, you know, some people work really hard and maybe they make a lot of money, but it really is their prerogative to what they're going to do with their money, yeah. each of us. And, and I would certainly encourage people that make good money to be donating to charity, to be providing for others in many ways and forms. I mean, the, you know, we just kind of expect that. So we want to encourage um, or create a society where everyone wants to do that. And I know that <clears throat> some people just aren't wired that way. And I think I shared before on this, but we had somebody at work years ago who lost their home in a fire. And like we were just, everyone was coming alongside this person and like immediately went out and bought clothes and shoes. And she had two young kids at the time and, and like games and things that they could have immediately. And then of course, donating money to them. And, you know, some of the, the, the ladies in this organization, I mean, they were paycheck to paycheck and this is a long time ago and they were giving up virtually their whole paycheck for this woman. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And of course, then we have our rich person who like puts a buck in an envelope and like literally a millionaire. I kid you not. And so, and, and he was obsessed with money and like every day he was checking his stocks and checking his, his financial. That's why he had money because he didn't really give it freely. Now he might have to his family or whatever, but not to others. And, um, that really disturbed other people that worked there. Like that was really hard on them because they were so giving and they knew, you know, that he hadn't, it wasn't exactly anonymous. And so, um, I think there's this expectation in America that we help each other and that we come alongside each other. And not everybody can do it all the time, but when you can do it, you need to do it. You need to come alongside people and help them out, but you need to do it willingly and honestly, I feel like when you serve others, you have a greater peace within you when you serve others. So I think having that gratefulness gives you peace. Yeah, That's really interesting that you say that because I actually, I mean, I agree with your overarching point, but saying that you think there's an expectation in America to help others when you can, I actually disagree with that. <laughs> I feel like America is one of the most individualistic countries in the world. And that unless you have, like, the title of billionaire or something attached to your name, uh, that most people just don't think you should help. Because everyone wants to go and get theirs. Because well, it's I'm a very individualistic... And I think a large part of our culture has shifted more towards that way throughout your life. I think the opposite. I think people were far more giving when they had nothing. And, and I think if you look at statistics... You'll oh, find that yeah, people that have that. less give more than people that have a lot of money. But I'm saying we need to create a society where everyone wants to help each other, that it's not on the government. Like, if you can keep more of your money, but you need to be willing to give it to the needs that you feel, like, I mean, that you want to support. But that's where it should be coming from. Yeah, but essentially what I was saying was that Eastern cultures are a lot more like that because it's intrinsic to their community values. Whereas America is very individualistic, we're about to go and get ours. So a lot of people, like they may think that way when they're poor, more poor. They could be that sweet woman in the Jesus is in the in the Gospels that mm -hmm. gives, the, gives everything the she gives the two mm -hmm. pennies. Uh, but as soon as they become rich like those Pharisees, they might stop doing that. <laughs> One would hope not. I mean, it, it like not the people I know. I I think 
you know, the more you earn, the more you want to try to help others. Um, but you know, it, there, there is a fine line there. And I think that you're right because, and, and it just kind of mirrors what, you know, what the Bible says. It's like, it's really hard for that rich man, (laughs) you know, to get to heaven because you start acquiring things and then your focus ends up being on them than on others. Yeah, because you become you, you start to trust in your own power and wealth. Absolutely. You you don't you don't have the ability to feel gratitude. Right. Where gratitude is you're being thankful, you're being appreciative because you you're almost aware that this is out of your control. Mm-hmm. I can be grateful that you made me breakfast this morning. And I am. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. It was very mm-hmm. good. Uh especially cuz I told you I didn't expect to eat anything this morning. Like I didn't expect you to make me anything. Mama's gonna do it. <laughs> I, I figured. I mean, I figured you would. Uh, but that gratefulness comes out of the fact that you did something for me, and I didn't deserve it. You love. You did out of love. Mm-hmm. But when you're rich, you kind of view yourself as deserving it because you've put in this effort. You've done all these things, and it's like you have the ability to be grateful towards yourself, but not. For mm. others and not for God. Thankfully, I just don't know people like that. You know, I mean, I mean, other than the one that I was just talking yeah. about. I before. mean, I went, I went to Woodcrest Christian, so I know <laughs> lots of people. You like probably that. did, because, but you know, I mean, I wouldn't as the parent, because I didn't really know hardly any of the parents. I no. mean, the parents that I knew were more like us, you know, well, in a similar. Th- those are the ones class. I introduced right. you to. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, we we live in different worlds, many of us, and um, and and you may be right as far as the indiv- individualistic nature. The people that I know, of course, most of the people that I know are Christians and um, are grateful for everything the Lord has provided them, and they are willing to give, and they are generous with not only their money and gifts, but their time as well. Time, prayer. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because sometimes it's not even about someone giving us money. Most of the time, I mean, I... I know I'm not someone who's who's super grateful for gifts. Maybe that's because I do feel like I grew I grew up with being provided everything I needed, mm-hmm. so it's harder for me to appreciate physical wealth or materials or anything like that. But I deeply value people's time. Mm-hmm. Whenever anyone will spend time with me, I I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's also a difference between generations as well. One of the things that I have discovered with millennials and younger people is that time aspect is. Far, far more important. And I think with boomers, because of the fact that they were the, the result of like after World War II, during that kind of age where things were a struggle, you know, like yeah, their parents grew up like in the 30s and the 40s and things were so much more of a struggle. So it kind of goes in cycles because I think because they didn't have anything, their parents didn't have anything, they were trying to accumulate. Mm. You know, so yeah, and then they were, yeah, and that makes sense. And uh-huh. then that's how they want to try and express love to their children. Exactly, is by giving gifts. And then, then the pendulum swings. And so by your generation, you want the time, but maybe your children, it's, it's going to be, it's going to go back yeah, and forth. I could, Cause yeah, I don't have any great aspirations of earning a ton of money. I just want to mm-hmm. have enough to provide for me and my family when mm-hmm. I get the chance mm-hmm. to have one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I could have kids who are like, dad, what the heck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time, I would say <clears throat> I've always felt that way. Like I've I've never, other than like when I was like first married, and you have like these dreams. Oh, wouldn't it be cool to have this 
live in this mansion and do this. And I mean, you know, but oh, yeah, that's sure. like a very, like a, a split second kind of a thought, <laughs> you know, but like, I, like, I came to make a whole lot more money than I ever thought that I'd make, have a higher position than I ever thought that I would have. Like, I never set out for those things. Like, I never set out for more money, but yet the Lord um, was gracious and and put me in the position to be able to earn more than I ever thought that I would. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think, you know, when you set out for those things, I'm not saying you don't want to set goals for yourself, but I think you need to be careful with how are you going to use that money? Because the Lord knows. So, like, if you're going to use that money just for yourself, I'm not sure he's going to bless that. Oh, yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, Well, I have a couple more quick questions. Okay. Uh, What if we're grateful for the wrong things? What do we do? Or how do we see that in ourselves? Yeah, that's or do you think, can you think of anything you've ever been grateful for that was like the wrong thing to be grateful for? Well, I think a lot of things, you know, I can think of, you know, like all the times that I spent on the hardy stuff, you know, like I spent thousands and thousands of hours taken away from my family and in the end realized, you know, while it was great fun and dad even called it my ministry during the time, I think it was over the top. It was, um, I was maladjusted. <laughs> I don't know. It, I was just like kind of in lust with this whole show and everything that went along with it. And, yeah. and um, so but, I was grateful at the time because I was elevated to this position and everything. But then I realized after the fact that, but as, as a sacrifice to my family. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. That that could be clearly something that you're, it's in the moment, you're something you feel like is good. You're doing, even potentially doing good because you were doing ministry there. Because mm-hmm. there were a lot of out there people and you've talked about times you spread the gospel or yep. you shared hope. Or I used to do the devotional um, on, you know, in the, in the group because there was a devotional associated with the show that was written by um, one of the executive producers and an author on there. And I don't regret any of that. I thought that was like the best part of all of it, but I think about all the other stuff. Like that was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I think there's uh, lots of times I've been grateful for the wrong things where, uh, like when I was in middle school, there was a kid who bullied me a little bit in the grade above me and his family had a very tragic accident and he lost his life. The kid that bullied you lost his life. Who was this? I'm not going to say okay, names on top of this. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know this. How do I not know this? Because I don't normally share it often. Wow. But uh but this kid would make fun of me, he would call me fat. Uh he would love He was the actually only kid when I was in middle school and high school like he would actually like bully me, like make fun of me, make fun mm. of the way I look, make mm. fun of the way I speak. Uh and he lost his life very tragically. And everyone else was so sad. They would talk about how he was so funny and kind. And middle school me was just thinking, like, like what What do you mean? Like, this kid was a jerk. All he ever did was be mean to me. It's hard mm-hmm. to almost not be grateful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was self-twisted because it's like, as an adult, well, this kid was a middle schooler, too. Like, mm-hmm. he was a right. jerk, but what middle schooler isn't a jerk? Right. I've taught so many right. middle schoolers, and so many of them I could easily describe as jerks when they're in middle school. 
And it's like, this kid probably was a good kid. But when I was young, he was a jerk. And right so when now I was, I'm... Go ahead. Yeah. And so when I was... Yeah. And so it's like, I had a very wrong attitude of gratefulness because I was like, finally, like, the bully is gone. But now it's like, I, I feel just as heartbroken as all those other people that mm-hmm. this kid didn't... He didn't need to lose his life. Well, right now I'm heartbroken because how did I not know about this? Uh, cause I didn't ever talk about it. Wow. That's something pretty big to hold in though. I would encourage anybody out there. If you're being bullied, you need to share it with somebody. So that, that person needs to be stopped. One way, you know, one way, sh- you know, shape or form, they, they, they need to be stopped. Yeah. They I need help. They need they help. Do. They need help. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, and so I think there's times where part of the reason I bring this up is there's going to be, there could be times of hard truths, times mm-hmm. where we're grateful for things that they aren't right. And in the moment it feels right, uh, with varying degrees. Cause you could be even be doing something that's good. You could be doing ministry, but the thing you could be grateful for when you're doing them can be wrong. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. Uh, Absolutely. Like there's, been, I've known a couple of times where there's been people who've come and been involved in ministries and they're very problematic. And the people leading those ministries are so thankful whenever they leave. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely aware of people <laughs> like that. Yes. Uh, and it's like, I kind of get it, but at the same time, you want those people to be ministered to as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. It's like everyone needs ministered to, but sometimes it's really a it can challenge. It really difficult. It can be. It can be. Uh, and so what I would want to encourage everyone with is just to be mindful of what we're grateful for when we're practicing gratefulness mm-hmm. this this holiday season. I think it's very easy and becomes very popular to practice things that we're thankful for. But what are those things? Are those things really good? Mm-hmm. I would encourage everyone to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually all I had for this episode besides yeah, I, verses. I wasn't sure if there's yeah. anything else you want to share. Just one thing, and, and that is um, one thing that I was going to encourage people to do, and it's not something that we've been very good at in our family, but I know a lot of other families to do it, and I really like the idea, and I think we should start, and that is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, if we could do it on Thanksgiving, you know, birthdays, whatever, let, whenever you have an opportunity to do that, I think um, – that's great, where you just kind of go around the table and provide a word of af- affirmation for each person. Yeah. I think yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. It's very good to give words of affirmation to people that you love. It can be a bit awkward or difficult when you sure. start. Sure, But it's a good practice in the long run. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, if we don't have any more final thoughts, uh, I will share our verses. Okay. First is Psalm 136.1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. Mm-hmm. Or more, I think, commonly as known as his love endures forever. Right. That's the that's the uh, version I have. Uh, and that's actually a very common verse in the Psalms. That's It's it's the opening line of several different Psalms, if I remember correctly. I think I, there's at least three or four. There could be more than that. Uh, and then the other one might seem unrelated, but I think after we've really talked about it, it, it people will see how it connects. Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Absolutely. We're talking about gratefulness. Why are we grateful? What makes us grateful? What makes us ungrateful? The bitterness or expectations. Where where you're valuing what makes you grateful, that's where your heart really is. And so if you're grateful for God, grateful for what he's given you, that's where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. Awesome. Can I add one? Yeah. Okay. 
I don't normally do that. I let that up to you. But, of course, with Thanksgiving um, coming up here really soon, Psalms 95, 1 to 3. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. Well said. Well, I mean, you, but also, I'm assuming David who wrote it. <laughs> right, King David. Alrighty, guys. Well, I hope you've enjoyed your time listening to this episode and that you hope you guys have a great week. If you guys have any feedback or any thoughts for any future episodes for us, you can please email us at realworldpod at gmail.com. Hope you guys have a great time and a great holiday season. Bye-bye.